Welcome to The Expedition, a podcast about leadership for a better world guided by nature. Sounds good, right? But what does that actually mean? In this podcast, I interview people that guide us along the way to find the answer to that question. Today, my guest is Jonas Helmikstone, a guide from Norway. He is the co-founder and chief caretaker of Easy, a company that wants to shape the future of electricity. Jonas will guide us in this conversation to a place where business culture is about love, is about creating safety, is about helping people to ask the questions that we have unlearned at school. And if we work for such a company, will that actually help us create a better world? All right, so uh, here's Jonas. Welcome, Jonas. Welcome to the expedition. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's really great to have you on board. I've been working with you for uh, for a while, and I thought uh, we need to have this conversation and we need to have the microphone on. Uh, why that is, we will get to that later. But uh, as with any guest, I will ask you the first question, which is what is your meaningful place in nature? Yeah, so... My house is, is very close to the sea, uh-huh. so I uh, actually sit out, outside uh, on, on my porch uh, many, many hours during a day and just listen to the waves and the birds and uh, watch the ocean, basically. And it really gives me this sense of, of meaning uh, and I, I feel calm. Uh, so yeah, I, I've just started to enjoy it more and more and more and, and just be before this uh, recording here, this podcast, I, I went outside just to, to stand there and in silence, uh, only me and nature. And it, uh, yeah, it gives me this uh, really good feeling. And for those of you who don't know you, which ocean are we talking about? So what is the location of the, of the sea that you're looking at? Yeah, so it's uh, in, in, at the coast of Norway. So the west coast of Norway. Uh, it's a place called Hunvog in uh, in Stavanger. Mm-hmm. So you work at Easy, but you're not just working at Easy because you're the chief caretaker. Well, for somebody that doesn't know what a chief caretaker is, what does the chief caretaker of Easy do? Well, for me, it's uh, it's all about serving uh, the people and uh, making sure that they have everything that they need, that they feel safe. Uh, to re- remove friction, to remove frustration, uh, and and I primarily serve the the uh, uh, team closest to me, uh, and then they serve uh, their teams and so on. So mm-hmm. yeah. And is a chief caretaker at Easy what we normally would call the CEO, or is that something different? It's the CEO. Uh, I just felt that we need to put a little bit more uh, meaning into it, and mm-hmm. that CEO can uh, it has its its, its uh, rumors. Uh, people have their kind of picture of what a CEO is, and for me, it's. Uh, I feel that you, we kind of need to turn it upside down. It's not the CEO uh, that the people are there for the CEO. It's the CEO that are there for the people. And that's mm-hmm. why I decided that, okay, we need to change the, the title a little bit uh, to, to make it less uh, kind of hard and, and more about uh, the, the, the people, the culture, about caring, about serving, 
uh, and those kind of things that I truly believe in. Uh, mm. If you want to make people feel safe and to perform at the highest level, uh, safety is a, a key factor. And also that that you serve them, you provide them with the tools that they need. You address the matters that come up. Uh, you do that on a day, daily basis, weekly basis, uh, and, and try to remove as much friction and frustration as possible. And you seem to be talking a lot about serving. So serving the people that work at Easy. Um, but I can also imagine, uh, and I don't also imagine because I know that you also have a vision for the company where you want to go, right? Yeah, so we are accelerating uh, electrification of our planet. Uh, we are building a, a scalable uh, ecosystem where we can balance uh, energy on a local and, and global scale. So basically to make sure that the infrastructure will not be a bottleneck while we're transitioning over to electric vehicles or other appliances. Uh, because you, you now when things are becoming more and more electric, there will be bottlenecks in the grid. So that is basically what we are now trying to prevent and to remove as much uh, friction there as possible so that people going from fossil fuel to electric uh, they can actually get a better life they they there are less friction it's more freedom it's less costly etc and how do you make that happen so can you give us some examples yeah so first uh, the first step now is is to get our hardware out there uh, our chargers uh, ev car chargers primarily uh, and then we, we will uh, try to expand on that ecosystem by having public chargers, fast chargers. Uh, we, we want to enter people's homes eventually to control the water heater and other uh, appliances that are consuming a lot of power. Uh, and then we will probably most likely move further into the grid. We, we want to be able to charge uh, electrical ships, uh, airplanes, etc., and everything in order for this to work without having to um, put new cables in the ground and, and to put a whole new in infrastructure to dig up mm. a lot of, of, of ditches and, and so on. Uh, we need to do this in a much smarter way. And this is where we have the, the technology uh, and, and are developing the technology that will enable that. Mm -hmm. Are you an engineer yourself? No, I'm I'm more the more the practical guy. So I've been working in uh, started out in uh, product uh, production of electronics, and then I I take took also an education within uh, service electronics, troubleshooting, and then I, I worked with prototyping, industrialization of of, of uh, products. Uh, went into the oil and gas industry, and I was a part of indus industrializing products there that went subsea and also downhole. So I know what you need to think about to make products robust and to last for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Then I went into another company that is doing more or less the same that we are. Uh, and then we we uh, developed car chargers there. And also we, we developed a product for uh, Renault, uh, amongst others. So this has kind of been my path, just working myself. Uh, yeah. I have uh, kind of up and then, then th through having those roles i've learned a lot of things accumulated a lot a lot of knowledge learned a lot from a lot of uh, great experienced people mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because I ask this because I, I feel that you know your you know your product field, like the content of your product field, you know it as well, right? So that brings me back to the question that was already lingering in the background because you were talking about, you know, encouraging your people, empowering your people, taking away frictions. But then I'm also talking to a guy that actually knows his product. So sometimes you might feel in your own company, like, guys, you know, I already know the solution. Why don't you just do what I, you know, what I think? So how do you deal with that? Or is it not a thought that comes up? <laughs> this is probably one of the most difficult uh, yeah. things. And, and, and I, I've just become more and more aware of this as we go. And, and, this, and just in the last couple of months and weeks, I've become just more and more aware that I really need to try and, and tie my hands behind my back. And, and to try to, to shut my mouth and also to become even better at asking questions, like becoming this question master to get people to, to, to go into themselves and to answer their own questions sometimes. And if they need a little bit of help, then I can try to guide them through questions. But it's difficult when you have this massive instinct, when you, we have now built uh, the previous company that I was in and also the, uh, Easy from, from scratch, and and you, you are kind of top trained uh, problem solvers. You're so used to just having your instinct kicking in and just wanting to solve uh, problems. And and uh, but there is a, is a big difference between hands on and hands in. And this is what I'm now slowly learning. And I need the help from the people around me. Like I've told them, you need to help me with this because I just have this instinct. I just really deeply care about you, the company, uh, but but I can't constrain myself sometimes because I get passionate and then I just want to jump in and and yeah. So it's difficult. It's challenging. <laughs> but uh, at least you're trying, and uh, you're still the chief caretaker of Easy, so you probably do a good job. Um, but what, so what does it bring easy if you do this? So you've, you know, you are doing this already for a while. What, what, what are the, the upsides of, of this way of, uh, of working with your people? Well, it's that, so we have grown from, since 2018, we have grown from three people to now 435, I think it is. Uh, so it's a, it's a massive growth and we have. Our turnover now, uh, we are approximately, it's 100 million euros this far, this year. Last year, it was 140 million euros. Mm -hmm. So we are growing extremely fast. And you, I, I believe that you couldn't have done that without empowering your people, trusting your people, having great people that that, that is uh, putting down the effort, putting down the work. Um, so uh yeah and instead of having this need for control and 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 wanting to have structure uh you need some sort of control of course there mm -hmm. but you need to make sure that um so we we have this process that we call the <laughs> the bird feeding process where okay you, cool <laughs> first you have to maybe you have to just uh, f feed the birds a little bit uh, until they're ready to leave the nest and you need to make sure that they're actually able to fly when they, mm -hmm. they leave so that they don't uh, fall down and, and, and yeah. So, and to make sure that this process uh, that you're aware of that this takes a little bit of time and it's also based on each individual that some people needs a longer period than others. 
but that you're also aware that you explain to people why you do this, why you say this, uh, and, and, and that you try to build this trust and safety so that people feel that, okay, we are not, uh, I'm not your enemy, I'm just here to help. And I really just want to give you what you need in order to fulfill your potential. And that is painful. That is really painful sometimes, especially if you're not used to it or open to it. Uh, and, 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 and this is where I can feel that, especially since I am the chief caretaker and slash CEO, then it's quite scary. But I just see myself as Jonas. I, I don't want people to see me as something else and that kind of I'm a god and I know everything. It's not like that. And this has actually been a process from day one with Stefan and Shetl, which are the co-founders. Mm-hmm. Because I had the title as CEO, suddenly they started looking at me differently. So we had all these kind of conversations and it's like, guys, I need to be able to share my opinions and feelings with you. Uh, and frustration with you. If not, then if I need to constrain myself and filter myself, how can we then achieve the best results? It's not possible. And and what is, because you described a bit of this process as painful so what is painful about it is it that you know people don't actually know how to deal with the freedom that they get or is it painful for you guys to yeah manage or lead such a company what what is the painful part here well there are some things it's uh, so love we we that is one of our core values love Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of misconceptions of what love is. Love is giving people what they need. It's not giving people what they think they need or want. So sometimes you need to give them the truth and you need to challenge them. You need to give them feedback, uh, ask them really difficult questions, follow up things, keep them accountable. And that really hurts. Uh, And uh, so there is an internal process here. And and often when our kind of ego or our brain, which is trying to protect us, uh, we we usually we don't want to change and we have different blind spots. And and it's a reason why it's called blind spots, because we don't see them ourselves. But for me, I don't want to go talking behind people's backs. I really want people to know and give them a chance to improve, to become better and and. Most people are not used to that. They're used to just gossiping and talking behind each other's backs and always just building up this frustration until it kind of either makes or breaks. So I don't want that with easy. And it's also that now when we are 400 people, we need to uh, be much more clear on, on our communication, our vision, our strategy. We are doing some, some um, renewing of our vows there now. Uh, so that we can make it even more clear because then we will kind of frame things a little bit more because this freedom that people get, it comes with a lot of responsibility. And if you don't know 
kind of where we are going, why we are going there and how we are going to get there, then it, it's difficult to kind of focus on the right things and, and also to decide what not to focus on. So, so the, this is a constant process and I'm learning all, 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 all the time, learning every day, new things. Uh, but as long as you're willing to deal with them and to listen to your people, get feedback, uh, make sure that people are seen and heard, you can actually, that is kind of the, the, the pain from the organization. If you listen to that, it's, it's a lot of data, but you need to filter that data and to see where is the pain coming from. And, and usually it's a lack of clarity. So, and, and, and a lack of framing that people actually know, uh, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is kind of my area. This is where, where I am playing uh, soccer. Or for, for the caretakers, that you're not on necessarily on the field playing this, the game. You need to be outside watching it uh, on the side and, and coaching the people actually playing. So, yeah, there's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. there and um but do you then for instance i don't know do you set targets for your people i mean so what does the framing in in your world look like do you have any ideas on that can you make it practical so in the beginning it was very often me kind of pointing the direction setting these easy dacious goals and going for it and, and kind of trying to show people <laughs> uh, what is possible to achieve as long as you do, you go for it. Uh, but then it has become more and more important to actually let people, uh, let the people in the organization to own the, the, the goals and the objectives. So this is where we are now trying to become even better at framing our objectives, our targets as questions. So how can we achieve this? How can we achieve that? And then let them, the teams, figure out the solutions for themselves. But with our coaching and guiding and that we need to make sure that people come to us to ask first for direction and for kind of uh, to, to, to dig in to, okay, where did we start uh, and where are we going? Where are we now? Um, and then they can kind of test these kind of hypotheses, uh, hypotheses with the, the customers and so on. Um, mm-hmm. And it might be internal customers, it might be external customers. So, but, but it's also a paid for process to, we, we, when, when we have gone to school, we have not been able, we have not learned uh, how to think, we have learned what to think. Mm-hmm. So now for people to start to think for themselves and actually taking decisions and, and actually saying that, yeah, we are going to test this. Uh, it might not be perfect, but we will try it anyway. This is really scary to make these kind of decisions uh, for themselves. And this is where we need to try our best to to actually let that happen and to give people a little bit of nudge uh, when we see that they that things are stopping. Uh, and it's actually in the beginning it was it was easier to to get people to understand 
uh, how critical things was because then we were so vulnerable and we had kind of the knife on our throat. But now when we are making a lot of money, uh, we are earning money, uh, things are rolling. It's a little bit more difficult to actually initiate this inner spark in people because they're so used to by being driven by fear and mm -hmm. being driven by someone shouting at them or some external target or money, uh, whatever. That's really difficult. And, and it, I, I just see that this takes time and we need to just massage and massage it uh, until people actually get it. And more and more people are starting to get it. And it's so, it, it's the best feeling in the world when you see people with a purpose and they just know where they're going. They know why they're going there. And, and they're inspiring others and they're spreading this good energy around them. That's just amazing. So people who are listening to this podcast, they can see you because we're not going to put the video out there. But when I hear you talking about this, the way we are uh, taught to think, the way we normally deal with fear, the way we normally used to do work, I see so much passion and I need to ask, where does that come from? Was it, was it always there like as a kid or did did something you know did you go through a certain experience in working life or what happened where does this passion come from well so thank you it it was uh i've always wanted for some reason i wanted to join the army i wanted to lead people and i wanted to lead them the right way i wanted to bring out the potential in people and and i especially when i was i still have it but when i was young i had this insane winner instinct then i wasn't able to control it and i and i wasn't as aware of it as i am now uh because i just really wanted the the team to win i just wanted us to win whatever we did um and this has been so i was i was playing computers for for many many years that was kind of my escape from 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 school mm -hmm. uh and i loved it the the uh, playing together with others achieving things with others and then i decided that okay i need to do something else with my life and then i i this passion went into kind of work on on uh, uh i was supposed to to, to go into the army uh, was there for a little while, but then I, I had a kid, which uh, a daughter, she's now 12. And and this kind of turned, uh, changed the directory completely. Mm -hmm. So uh, so it's always been there. It's always be, been like, I, I really enjoyed uh, doing um, start, uh, doing great stuff with, with other people and, and, and bringing out the full potential in, in, in us. And... Uh, and now I do, it's just become more and more specific. Uh, it's become made more and more sense to me why, why I've had this kind of energy and, and this drive within me. And, and um, that the experience that I had in my previous uh, jobs that I could actually see, okay, I'm not going to do it like this. Uh, this feels totally wrong for me. And I've tried several times to kind of build this inside of the organizations that i've been in i've, I've taken a lot of initiative i've, I've uh, arranged a lot of parties and events and i've tried to educate people in all the companies that i've been to but but it's always kind of felt like running in 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 a really steep hill and 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 
that you suddenly do, you just fall back down again because you have this pressure from the top. They 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 are not committed. They they don't they don't actually care about the people. They say they do, but it's more about the money. So so this is just at some point when we were working in the previous company, I just said to Shetl that hey, if we if we're going to do this the the proper way, we need to we need to do it ourselves. Uh, we can't stay here because this is just yeah it will be an endless fight and we will we will never never win it, or it will take a lot of time do you think companies can be successful in your field if they don't do the things that you do yes i i, I believe so it depends on what you define success uh, how you define success? Is it money? Is it to earn money? Okay, then good. But the way that you gain that success or, or earn that money—that—that that is at least for me what is defining real success. Uh, and in, like the growth that we have had now, and that I can proudly look back and see that there are no dead bodies lying there 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 are we have done things in the right way we have treated people with respect and dignity and if uh, the few people that we have had to kind of let go uh, or that have left the company it's like we we it's good we have a good relationship we have the mutual respect there we haven't done that in a cynical way so and and to see now that that despite the massive growth uh, we are one of the fastest growing companies, at least in, in Norway. Uh, and to see how enthusiastic people still are, that they, they feel more driven than ever, inspired than ever, that, that, that is the most amazing feeling in the world. But I can also imagine that uh, you had to find found this company uh, with investors, right? So how... <laughs> Do you tell, because in my brain, my MBA brain goes like, yeah, okay, cool story. And I truly believe it. And I've seen it uh, working uh, uh, with people of your company. But in the end, there's also investors, you know, uh, boosting the company, keeping the company afloat in the early years. Are they on board with this philosophy? Do you tell them about that? Do you lose investors when you talk about this? What is the, what is the story here? This, this is uh, still challenging. Uh, it's mm -hmm. become less challenging with the investors that we ha have now because they've seen the results. So, so they have stopped kind of arguing. Uh, but it, it's still, I can still sense it and look at look them when I talk. Uh, I can see that they're they're still like. Yeah, but why aren't we talking about the money? We need to talk about the money. Money this, money that. And it's like, mm -hmm. yes, of course, the numbers matter. It's the best kind of scorecard there is uh, to see how well you're doing. That's at least one of the factors. Mm -hmm. um, but since the very beginning, this has been our top priority. Me and Shetl and Stefan, we have said, like, we are not going to bring someone in that doesn't have the same values that we have. And that doesn't believe in, in, in what we're doing and why. Uh, and that was a very painful process because, because we had to say no to a lot of investors, even though we badly needed the money. Uh, but we were just willing to do whatever it took uh, 
to get the right investors in. And that has really paid off because we have limited amount of money that we brought in. So we still own a really big share of the company. I think it is approximately 70% the founders and the employees. So, uh, and this has been a really important factor for us to have control, to maintain control. This is how I can look people in the eyes, uh, the employees that we are bringing on board, uh, that we have control over the company. We are not planning any short-term exit strategy. This is for life. This is our passion. This is our, this is what we are here to do, born to do. So, um, so now, and now we are entering these kind of same discussions, like, okay, should we bring some new investors in and, and to, in order to help us to take things to the next level. And, and then it still comes down to the values and our, our vision. Uh, they need to be a part of our vision and mission to make this world a better place and to, to help uh, accelerating the electrification and to do that with compassion and empathy. We are going to do it fueled by love with the right kind of motives. We, we don't want any short-term, uh, yeah, let's just do this because we can make some quick buck. Then that's not for us. Then they can find someone else to to invest in. <laughs> if we make this perspective a bit broader, um, so what if what if we don't? So what if we don't lead with love? What if we don't bring out uh, the best in people by giving them freedom? What if we don't change the future of electricity? What then? What if what if this fails, Jonas? So I've given this a lot of thought and I've actually just uh, after my, my father's passing just a couple of weeks ago, I, I, uh, I just came to this realization that, you know what? The world will go on without us, whether we like it or not. It will survive. Mm -hmm. uh, but for Easy's perspective and my perspective, we want the world to move on with us and that we can kind of do whatever we can on behalf of future generations, our kids, my daughter, uh, to do what we can to get this planet back on track and that we actually get back to basics connecting with each other, connecting with nature, genuinely caring about each other. Uh, I think that we are now lost in, in all this technology and we have created this, uh, not willingly, but it, it like created the, this distance between us and, and, and that it's so easily to hide behind your computer, behind your phone, um, and we lose perspective. So this is where we now need to get this uh, love back on the table and, and that we connect with each other we serve each other and we grow together we find solutions together it is possible to save this planet we just need to do it together and we need to all arrows to point in the same direction so this is what we want to do we want to create hope we want to create the positivity we just don't want to kind of say yeah but the world is screwed anyway so so let's just think about ourselves that's we need the we we need to trigger this this thing that we know is there inside of everyone. So uh, let's hope that we manage to do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And do you also go around and 
try to influence others with this idea? I mean, I'm not talking about Easy itself, but for instance, other uh, CEOs in Norway, you know, do you also try to maybe make this effect a little bit bigger than Easy? Yeah, definitely. So this is what we are. We what we want to do is to kind of go ahead as good role models, and not necessarily intervene or try to uh, control uh, others. But we want to inspire them to take action. We want to, to we want to show to people and companies that hey, what we are doing it actually works and it works really well. Uh, what I think a lot of people they. They really want to do this, but they don't necessarily know how. So this is where we are trying to build this, uh, also this this platform, and will build this platform, and and uh, we call it Easy Academy, where we will actually train other organizations and people uh, to to on how you can actually do this. Uh, and it so it sounds like maybe for some sounds a little bit like rocket science, or maybe it sounds like it's just. Um, uh, common sense which it is and it's just rediscovering how to be a human and and how to to be ourselves and how to express love for each other and how to show vulnerability and then at first it's really uncomfortable and scary but then you you actually see that that's what life is about uh and it's not that scary anymore it's just we had a discussion internally here in the company and we we talked about love and I, I've been feeling that talking about love, it's a little bit corny. It's a little bit ugh, people, and I still, I feel it too. But then it's, it, it just tells me how kind of screwed up this world is, is, is that yeah. talking about love, which is the most it's important corny, fundamental yeah. <laughs> thing of all. It's corny. What is going on here? So this is, and, and, and people think that love is fluffy. It's not nothing to do with fluffiness it's about actually giving people what they need and and telling the kind truths and taking the responsibility that is love so we just have to to kind of remind people of all of that and hopefully we will be able to do that in a nice not judgmental way because we know it, that it's not it, it's hard yeah, and it's scary so yeah sometimes feel alone in this quest sometimes yes and uh, sometimes I can kind of feel you know why why do you bother because I, I could have now as things are now uh, I, I could have just sold a little bit of the company and I, I could live happily ever after uh, I, I, I did, don't have to work one extra day of my life but I, that's not what it's about for me. I don't care about the money. The money is fuel, and 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 I I want to spend the money to help others. I want us to spend our money to to make a better impact, a bigger impact in the world, inspiring many other people, and giving uh, people products and technology that they really need, not to just develop products for the sake of developing products and making money. Actually, developing products that the world needs that can mm -hmm. actually um like like in, in in europe most of europe is, is electrified we have electricity but there are so many parts of the world that don't have it and we want to help 
bringing electricity into the whole world and that we can also make it sustainable. We can, we can have um, green electricity, right? So, so yeah, definitely. I, I, I feel, I feel that sometimes it can be uh, like I'm the only one that, that I actually understand this mm-hmm. and, and I try my best to, uh, to explain, but then I just have to kind of say, you must, now you have probably worked a little bit too much. So you need to take one day off or, or one week off and just mm-hmm. calm down because this change that we are trying to make here, it will take some time and we need to be strong and fit to do that. <laughs> and what do you do when you take time off? So when what do you do when you feel a bit alone? I try to, to meditate. I try to just sit in my own thoughts and, and uh, I try to avoid not going back into to work again. Uh, but I also love spending time with uh, with the people that I love around me, mm-hmm. my daughter, my girlfriend, uh, with Chetel. I love spending time with Chetel and other peoples within Easy uh, because they they we are on the same path. We are in a uh, part of the same family, and and uh, just talking about life and what really matters, and 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 just constantly trying to learn and to become better. Uh, to discover all the beautiful things with life and this this planet and this universe. It's just, yeah, there's so much in that. Instead of, uh, there can be many interesting things on YouTube and Netflix, but it's to have these kind of people where you can have the meaningful conversations, that is what really energizes me. So Jonas, somebody that might be listening to this podcast uh, might be just as inspired as I am by your words. And then also reality kicks in, right? Because imagine you are the consultant sitting on the train working for that consultancy firm, going to a certain organization where you have to implement, I don't know, a certain process. Um, The realities might be much different than what you just described. So what would you say to these people if they would want to start with something right now, right? So what do you do? So the the first is maybe, do you really want to change? Do you really want, from all the things that we have talked about here, do you actually want to implement this in, in yourself and in your organization? Uh, that is the first and most fundamental thing. And then maybe you can start off with kind of the one thing that you took out of this uh, the most important thing, the one thing that hit you, struck you, and to take it from there and to to put on your, turn on your curiosity uh, mindset and try to, 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 to do some research. Maybe you have some people around you that actually know some stuff and, and yeah, maybe, maybe this guy or this girl that uh, maybe they have something here um, that they can share with me so that I can actually improve on these things. Maybe you can go and ask for the people around you for feedback. So I really want to improve. I really want to become a better version of me. Uh, is there anything with me that you would like to, to that I, I should improve? Um, but be careful what you ask for because it, it's not comfortable. And, and when people join easy, they sign on to become the best version of themselves. But 
one thing is to sign that paper. There is a completely different thing to live it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I like it. I was already thinking like that maybe the takeout of this whole conversation is like, yeah, you know, contributing to a better world, being a better version of yourself. Obviously, it's very cool to do that, but it's also a very, very painful and uncomfortable process sometimes. Yeah. These minor details, right? And it, it, it might seem like a minor thing, but just improving that minor thing. Uh, could make a major impact and and but you have to decide to whether you want to change it or not is this important for you uh, and if there is pro a lot of people around you that is is saying the same things and you you feel this friction uh, and that there's a lot of people that don't understand and so on maybe you should take a good look in the mirror and see okay maybe it's you uh, if you if you go from one job to the other and the same problems are following you, maybe it's you uh, and and you should look yourself in the mirror. Uh, but it, it's uncomfortable. So you really have to want it. Well, Jonas, thank you so much for this uh, for this conversation. It was uh, just as insightful and maybe a little bit more as I thought it would be. So thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I believe you are, and not just you on your own, you guys at Easy, you are on a mission. Uh, I hope uh, sharing this story on the podcast maybe adds to that mission a little bit. And um, yeah, I would just say I wish you all the best uh, on this quest, which is uh, obviously a quest for life I just learned. So yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. So here's my takeaway from this conversation. Leading with love is really hard, but then any form of management, I guess, if you want to do it right, is very hard. Do we need it to be successful in the old world? No. Do we need it to be successful and want to create people that are innovative, creative, proactive, themselves, happy? We absolutely need it. So thanks, Jonas, for guiding us. And then my question for you as a listener is, Whatever you want to do, whatever you think of, ask yourself, do you really want this? And are you able to deal with the uncomfortability of doing what you love or doing what you think is necessary, just as Jonas described? <laughs>